Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. today i'd like to welcome back nico kennedy nico how are you doing hi i'm doing great it's a cold rainy oregon winter and we are sticking it through the best that we can and getting outside as much as possible given the conditions everyone's coming back very cold and wet so lots of uh, fires in the wood stove and soups in the pot and yeah it's a very warm cozy time and sounds so like I'm the perfect kind of, way to handle it. Yeah, just relishing and yeah. sinking into the winter. I really dreaded it coming this year, but it's actually been pretty nice. Oh, that's good. Do you guys get a lot of snow? Last year, we had tons of snow all the way until the spring. Uh, this year, we've had one snowman. Everything is melted except for the <laughs> snowman in the yard. <laughs> they always look so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just slowly shrinking. <laughs> We had that. We just had a pretty good snow this past weekend, and um, my kids built a huge snowman in the backyard. And you know, they take and they they use all like the leaves and whatever you know plants they can find. Well, they turned it into a surfer, like a surfer Whoa. girl, you know, complete with all the anatomical parts and everything. So, uh, but it's it's <laughs> yep, exactly. But it's a cold rain today, so it's slowly like you know, <laughs> yeah. Melting. It is. It is. Yeah. The the head, they put one of their hats on it and now it's like really shrinking faster than everything else. So it's getting to be very funny compared with the original proportions. <laughs> I bet. That's yeah. too funny. Mm-hmm. So let's get started here. First, for those that haven't listened to Nico, I do encourage you to uh, go back. We've had two previous episodes with her. Beautiful information. She's a perinatal um, quantum biology practitioner who does specialize with, with mother and, and baby and uh, some really amazing information that can help people have, you know, really beautiful uh, pregnancies and birth. So today we're going to talk about something really cool and it's the actually multiple puberties that we have through life. So let's get started with the first one. <laughs> okay, super. Yeah, this is great. Uh, last time we talked, we went through uh, pregnancy with the you know five trimesters, preconception, first trimester, second, third, and then fourth trimesters. So um, recently I've been learning about sexual development of babies in the womb. And um, because I've been having more women reach out to me who are having challenges with their fertility. 
And so when I started diving in to find what's the the quantum uh, reality of infertility and uh, what's happening with the circadian interconnections with the endocrine system, and I found that it goes back to what's happening in the um, puberty time for many people. And I was recently on with Sarah Kleiner, who's a big influencer in this space. And we were talking about how there's this new thing of perimenopause, uh, women entering menopause much earlier than we expect. Uh, and then we also are seeing adolescent girls with PCOS uh, and yeah. how these are kind of two ends of the same coin of reproductive problems. And so I've been digging into all of this because I want to be able to help women and um, I work in in birth and pregnancy. And so, you know, people reach out to me uh, with secondary infertility, for example, and they're like, hey, I had a baby before, but now I can't get pregnant. Do you have any idea what's going on? Um, or, and you're like, why, well, yes, yes, I may. <laughs> I, I may. Yeah, let's, let's dig into this. Um, but so along the way of this, you know, thread of kind of trying to tease out the fertility issues, I found um, that people have not the one puberty that we think of, but from an endocrine perspective, we actually have three uh, puberties. And so the first is in the womb. Uh, the next is after the birth. And this second one, they call it mini puberty, is different for boys and girls. And then we have the one that we think of, which is, you know, in adolescence and um, the final transition. Uh, and that's when for women, a lot of girls these days are coming into puberty with just immediately experiencing the worst, horrible cramps, um, you know, irregular cycles and really, you know, severe symptoms. And a lot of times the, the medical answer is to get them on birth control to stabilize their hormones, uh. which then by the time they reach childbearing age, they've been on birth control for over a decade in many cases, especially since women don't start trying to have families until later these days. True. And, and, and birth control, hormonal birth control can really do a number on the endocrine system. Yes. Yes, it so can. So it's a big deal. And that's where I'm looking at, wow. And if this is starting all the way back in the womb with the first puberty, that's at nine to 10 weeks of gestation. A lot of women don't even know that they're pregnant. Pregnant. Morning sickness usually starts hitting sometime, you know, maybe around eight weeks, maybe they're starting to yeah. get an inkling that they're pregnant at that time. Um, so for people who have accidental pregnancies, they may not have everything in line with taking care of their nutrition and their sleep needs in that time. Um, and then with the second mini puberty after that, going into like the very early days of postpartum, that's such a rough time for so many women taking care of their babies. They don't know about the the havoc that artificial light at night wreaks on the hormonal systems um, from circadian biology perspective. And that has a big effect on the hormones and the hormonal components of breast milk are entraining the baby's rhythms, which is interconnected with the endocrine system. And so then we're having like upset hormonal problems in the first mini puberty and then the second mini puberty. So by the third time that puberty is rolling around, um, things have been going already. awry for a long time. Exactly. But we still, you know, they're not trying to have a baby. So they're not thinking of infertility at that time. Um, so I'm really passionate about getting this information out to mothers because they could potentially be helping prevent PCOS and early menopause and that and so much strife in their uh, children if they're taking care of their own circadian rhythms and quantum health in preconception time um, since it starts happening right out the gate at like nine, 10 weeks of gestation. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's just incredible. Like you, you just don't, you, it's almost like you don't want to hear this information, you know, because then you think back, but it's like, okay, I, I can't live in that past. You know, I mm -hmm. can only take the children that, that we have now and we can do better because then if we do better then when they have their babies, we're doing better. So, yeah, you know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's really, it, it's so interesting. Like it, you just really feel, you feel for kids now. Like that's just something that I just. I can't mm -hmm. say enough that like we just have to do better. So this information yeah. is vital. So yeah, I I completely agree. And also like what you were saying, it, this 
I'm not sharing this to point the finger and say, you did bad and it's your fault or that kind of thing. It is really a hopeful thing because um, part of why I shifted so uh, drastically into circadian and quantum health um, in my own practice, uh, working with clients, is that you can see a turnaround happen in people when you're working with them, sometimes even in a matter of days. And so it is incredible to teach a workshop or have a consultation with someone. And then several days later or a week later, they write back and say, oh my gosh, my partner and I are sleeping so much better. We were tossing and turning all night and now we are actually getting a solid night's sleep and waking up in the morning feeling refreshed. This has never happened to us. Thank you so much. And I'm like, absolutely. This information is so vital. You know, take it, share it, pass it on, tell a girlfriend. It is so powerful. And that's not the case with most things. Like when I've tried it, you know, if you go like, oh, you need to do this gluten-free diet, but it takes six to 12 months before you'll start feeling any effects. And in the meantime, doing a gluten-free diet for six, I did this. I was like, this is going to help my knees. (laughs) This is going to help my knees. Everyone says if you go (laughs) gluten-free that your joint pain will go away. I, I know, like I shake my head sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, we did some really like crazy, but we had to do those things in order to get to this point. So I give myself some grace, you know, but um, the, the thing with this stuff is though, is I was on a podcast with <clears throat> Kelly Ritter and it, it was like, it's the, it's the simplest thing, right? Like when I started paying attention to circadian rhythm, like all of that kind of stuff, it's free. You know, like I don't have to have like a whole line of supplements. I don't have to now go buy all this gluten-free stuff, which is probably now laden with even more junk. And um, I can just shop locally at my local farmer's market. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's this stuff that is like, this is a lot easier. This is attainable. Like I can do this, you know, and then I'm going to feel the results tomorrow. Like it's, it's so cool. Like I just think it's so awesome. Yeah, it's so wonderful. And it um, is also like for me, uh, my immune system and skin troubles were a really big issue. And that's also, and also, I mean, I used to have really terrible cramps when I was um, a teen and first getting my period, which, you know, now in my 30s, I have, you know, it's so opposite because when I was going through that stage of life, people were telling me, this is the best time of your life. You better really appreciate it. And I like, I had injuries from high school sports. My yeah. period sucked. My skin <laughs> sucked. This is not fun. This isn't fun. Like, well, I'm not having was... fun. Yeah, I'm like, this is the best time of my life. Um, and then, you know, after crossing over 30 um, and figuring out all of this quantum health stuff, now I'm like, wow, it's so much easier to stay at a weight that's comfortable, like having babies yeah. now um, compared with when I was in my early 20s when I first started. Um, all of this stuff just is easier because I've learned things like blocking artificial light at night, yeah. uh, going to bed on time, yep. eating <laughs> breakfast. Um, right. <laughs> I'm not going to fast know, going, and drink my black coffee. Like, you know. Yeah. Going outside. Yeah. And spending more time outside is just, you know, they're really simple little things that you can yeah. do just tiny lifestyle tweaks that have a huge make a huge difference. And so for all of the folks who are, you know, like puberty is just such a hard time. So that's where I think this is a great conversation. I know that your children are around that age of the third puberty that we think of. My oldest is entering into that phase and all of her friends were starting to hear back about who started their moon and all of that. And who's starting to go boy crazy and, you know, the different things that we hear back, you know, the little whispers of it. Because yep. um, it is a time when uh, pe- when uh, children start to develop more of their own secret lives at this time, too. There's a yeah. big development happening. Yeah, it's. I have to say, like, I was a little nervous for it. Um I, I'm, I have to say, I'm honestly super thankful for my husband in this realm because, you know, he, he, taught at the middle school level. He gave 16 years to that age group. And he has really taught me that uh, you just don't take them seriously. Like you literally just, you have fun, you joke with them, and you just ask simple questions about their lives. And they're really just fun. They think they're adults, but they're not, you know? But the interesting thing is, like, I was actually kind of excited when she started, uh, my oldest daughter started changing and, you know, going through those slow, subtle changes because 
you know, you would never want it to happen all at once. So it's really been Mm kind of interesting to see the progression. And it's really been good for her, for the younger sisters, because it totally has normalized it all. You know, whereas before, like if mom is having her time of the month, you know, it's like, oh, that's odd. You know, that's just, you know, that's gross, you know, that kind of stuff. And but now it's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And Mm -hmm. uh, but it it really does like like you had said, though, it kind of gives them a little introspective into their own life now. Like I have to do these things because I enjoy not having, you know, my my menstrual cycle be painful. You know, right. so I think like she has really been able to kind of make some connections with herself. And it's really, it's so cool. Like, because mm-hmm. they're so intuitive. And like to grow up knowing that going outside is what makes me feel whole, I, it has to 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 be just complete in this puberty age. So right. I don't I yeah. hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. All of uh all of life comes from the earth and the sun. Like we yeah. can't dispute that our life is arising right. out of the planet and we live in a way right now that it can be so isolated where we yes. have electrically insulated shoes, electrically insulated right. homes. We have, you know, the glass blocks yeah. many of the frequencies of the sunlight. So even, you know, we may be looking outside at a beautiful nature view. Uh, this is something I go through because I live deep in the woods. Oh, that's And so we awesome. look outside the windows and it's all beautiful. But I have to remind myself, this is so beautiful. Gotta... It feels like light. But you do, I, I do actually have to go out. Uh, yeah. Right. I do actually have to open the door and go out there because there's a different thing that's nature, 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 and nature as you see it from inside of yeah. your home or your vehicle. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like making that, that everyday choice to know that, that, that is a part of me too. Like I, it, like, yeah, I'm, that's a really great way of saying, I never thought of it. Like I could look at a tree all day, but it's like, oh, I have to go out there. Like I have to go, like, I can go touch the tree too, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And so for kids who are in this puberty uh, phase, I've talked with other moms and they've told me, you're so lucky that you have this information now because my my kids are already so much older and I've tried bringing it up and they're just poo poo on the ideas. Mom, you're so weird. They don't listen, you know, all of that kind of thing. And I, I did have this information earlier, so I don't know what that experience is like. I don't have children who are telling me this. I have children who are saying, I'm so glad we know this. And, um, I'm in a a community. We homeschool. Yeah. And so our friends are also living this, you know, foresty, homeschooly life. Um, we're doing the thousand hours outside oh, good. Uh, curriculum. Um, and yeah, we do that n- kind of nature stuff too. tracking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And yep. yeah, so it's really nice to see and for my kids to have camaraderie among their peers, knowing that their peers are also aware of the need to go outside every day. And the need to have like better lighting in the home at night. It's not totally foreign. We can um, even go over to friends' houses and, you know, we'll celebrate holidays together um, around a fire outside or things like that, that just are, you know, really holistic and are nurturing the kids in a way that is, you know, not the same with going to like the middle school dances, which I remember was a really big deal for me, but like middle school dance. right? you're going inside and it's just slamming music and lights flashing around everywhere and everything. And, you know, my kids are getting that experience of running around with kids in the dark. It's really exciting, but the light is firelight and starlight yeah. and moonlight. And I'm, you know, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing like, there are sacrifices um, to it. You know, the kids get bug bites and poison oak and um their clothes are coming in just so muddy and wrecked like i have to buy new clothes for them all the time because you know sometimes we'll go into town and then i'll be like looking i'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh that's not i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) they really just put this on but (laughs) you know it's not paved out here and so they get very muddy and um so there are you know inconveniences to this lifestyle. I can understand why we are um, living with a lot of the modern conveniences that we have, because it does make things easier in some ways. Um, Shoes is another example. I bought all my kids leather soled shoes. They wore out so quickly compared with the rubber soled shoes. And so then it's like the cost of things, you know, there are, um, and I've talked with other quantum folks too, who say, you know, like they went through the, um, 
coiled mattress springs. And they're like, we replaced everything with natural fiber bedding. And it costed us thousands of dollars. And I know other people who are having the same trouble as we were, but I feel hesitant to even bring up the idea that they should invest thousands of dollars in all new mattresses and bedding to deal with their kids' eczema. Um, Gotcha. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, it's a fine line. There, there's Mm -hmm. a line. line, And I I think that along the way, you kind of just figure out the lines you want to keep it between. And you're like, I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend money here, but I, I can't do it here. And you know what? I can't give that any like negative energy of any kind, you know, the, the, the thing that I don't want, you know, it's like looking at cell phone towers and I really Mm -hmm. have kind of tried to change my, my attitude and looking at it from a place of, wow, thank you so much for letting me have a conversation with somebody on the other side of the United States for this, you know, like it's, yeah, I, I don't, I, it's trying to like change the, the opinion of it. I, you know, there are very many, you know, environmental toxins and stuff that I, I do take very seriously, but, Mm -hmm. um, if you're just new to all of this, it's, really finding that line for you and like figuring out what it is you deem to be right an immediate need. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. the, uh, the betting might not get to it just yet, but we'll get there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with your kids, I know that you're very good about getting them out in the morning and have yeah. different strategies and like activities that even older children are into doing. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's never, there's never an argument from, from them. Like never, mm-hmm. it's like, they just know the youngest one, you know, it's like, Oh, did you get outside first thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You little liar. <laughs> and so, but you know, the colder weather makes it a little, uh, a little more challenging for little bodies. I think, uh, mm-hmm. especially first thing in the morning. And mm-hmm. so we've just kind of, you know, she'll just pop her head outside for a couple minutes out of the window, you know, cause this, we put our screens up in the winter time. Um, but it just, you just do the best you can. You just, I found that I could never force them to do it. They had to come to it on their own. And I'm, I would imagine your kids have figured Mm -hmm. that out too, or you have figured that out and to be able to have access to the outdoors whenever they Mm -hmm. want makes it a lot easier too. And -hmm. we try not to be busy if that makes sense too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. (laughs) And the things that I will make my family busy for, are things that will yeah. include this. Yeah. So I just got into the milking rotation at one of my friend's farms. She has an alpaca farm that's next door to a dairy farm and they're having trouble keeping um, the cows milked with the staff that they have on hand. And so I jumped in and I'm doing a trade. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I've milked goats. Let's learn how to milk a cow now. That's um, so cool. And so then my kids were all sitting around, you know, watching and waiting for me to finish milking, which takes a long time with a cow to get all of the, the milk oh, out. Yeah. Um, so that's worthwhile. Um, going to our homeschool group, we generally meet outside if unless the weather's terrible. Sometimes we might have a knitting party or something like that. But even <laughs> still, the kids usually will go out and do <laughs> do their games outside away from, you know, the watchful eyes of the parents yes. and where the, the forest playground can nurture them and their creativity. And even the older kids, they've started getting to saying, oh, you know, we're like, oh, it's so great that you can get together and play. And they'll come back and say, oh, we don't play. We hang out. <laughs> right. Please change your lingo. That would be great. Exactly. <laughs> Things like that, which are funny. Or uh, what was another one recently? My daughter told me, oh, that was a really fun one. We played like we were kids. <laughs> oh, You're like child, let's have a conversation. <laughs> And and to Mm -hmm. kind of bring it back to that whole puberty thing, though, you know, like, like, like you think back to the way things were, I I mean, you could even go back just like 50 years, you know, like there was definitely more of a connection to being outside because there was really nothing to do inside. And so Mm -hmm. that's definitely one of our approaches that my husband and I have taken is that we have probably made the inside way more boring than Mm -hmm. I would say 99% of households. Oh, Um, yeah, I, we don't, I mean, there's no, like, they don't have access to to TV all hours of the day. They get, like, one time to watch TV a day, um, right. and it's always in the middle of the day. And, mm-hmm. uh, we like, we don't have iPads or, like, 
same Chromebooks. Like we don't have any of that kind of stuff. You know, my husband and I have a cell phone and they can use it to text their grandparents if they want to like that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, their toys, it's whatever's left from what the dog has destroyed. And they prefer <laughs> to just, honestly, they just prefer to go outside and that's yeah. fine with me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes if my kids are having trouble with that choice, I'll tell them, well, you can either clean up and do chores or you can go outside and play. <laughs> Same thing. They're never happy with that answer. Oh, all you ever want us to do is clean. Yeah. Yep. You're right. There's a lot. Because of you made the mess do. in the first place. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the larger that my, as I keep having, you know, more children, I have four and it's, you know, they leave, you know, just the, especially with all of the outside time. That's one of the other things that I look at, you know, this time of year, it's the, the pine needles on their shoes. <laughs> There will, if we don't sweep every day, there will be drifts of <laughs> pine needles around the front door from in and out. And it's like, take your shoes off. And oh all my of gosh, that, you know, I feel that completely because we have like the, the person that owned our house before it, they had this idea of like encapsulating their yard with nothing but pine trees. And so we have these like giant, you know, that I'm sure, you know, like these mm -hmm. huge pine trees all around. And then we have all these hemlocks and stuff. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is insane. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of tree material that comes down every year at different times of the yeah. year. It's, you know, different things, you know, the dust in the summer and the mud. And yeah, when it's yeah. snowy, then it's like chunks of ice that start <gasps> melting. You know, there's all this extra cleanup that sometimes I'm like, if I just sat them down in front of a movie and, you know, let them watch TV for eight hours a day, like I hear some kids do on oh, their I winter know. vacations. Uh, I know. But yeah. I just, I can't do yeah. that. And I see the detriment in them when they, you know, and and from their peers that are doing public school where they're indoors all day. And I can just see yeah. the the difference in their robustness and, um, yeah, the challenges that they have there. So, like, of course, you know, those systems exist. But I think there's a lot of advocating that could be done um, around the places where schools are and where children are gathering to make them more uh, friendly. Like I know that there are people doing really important work with the circadian lighting. And to yeah. get back to this puberty topic, um, pu uh, melatonin is a circadian hormone people talk so much about. Here's gonna be the, the boring science part of this <laughs> conversation that I feel This inspired is like the, the driving piece behind it. Yeah, for sure. No, you need yeah, this, in exactly. this information is vital, yeah. Yeah. So um, melatonin is, we think of it as a circadian hormone. There are four sources of melatonin, um, five in pregnancy because the placenta also creates melatonin. So for that first puberty, the placenta is also a factor. Um, but in the later puberties, we're looking at melatonin and melatonin will rise all across childhood. The nocturnal melatonin spikes are really, really high. And so children that have delayed puberty continue to have those really, really high melatonin spikes at night, whereas children that have early onset puberty, their nighttime melatonin has already dropped. Um, okay. So there is a, a peak of melatonin that happens. And then as it starts to fall, that's when puberty rises. And this is also what we see with dental development also closely parallels the melatonin um, path where it's uh, negligible at birth and then slowly climbs and climbs and climbs with teething and all of that development. Salivary melatonin is a really important protective factor for children not developing cavities um, or gum inflammation. Um, the melatonin in the saliva is directly on the teeth. And so we see this big peak and then as it starts to fall, that's when puberty happens. And then um, melatonin continues to fall across the lifespan. And when fertility wanes is usually when melatonin drops below a particular threshold. So that's where when people are having fertility challenges in their late 30s or early 40s, if they're trying to have children there, anything that can be done to support melatonin um, is going to also support the reproductive axis. So then again, with children who are having trouble with puberty, whether it's coming on too early or being late, or if they're having a lot of pain around that, that pain is usually like polycystic ovarian syndrome is usually um, related to oxidative stress. So challenges in puberty, you usually can also see challenges in melatonin. 
So we looking at the circadian rhythm as the pineal melatonin that has the circadian rise and fall, but then we're also looking at the amount of time outside because sunlight and infrared light stimulate the mitochondria to produce cellular melatonin. So that's another source of melatonin and then supporting the microbiome of the skin, the nasal cavity, the um, like the vagina for girls, like all of these bacterial colonies, of course, in our guts, they're also producing melatonin if they're healthy. So that's another source of melatonin. Um, and then the last one is from diet. Certain food choices can also give us melatonin. So we're looking at four different ways to support melatonin that will also support the puberty processes of all three of the endocrine puberties. That's there. There you go. <laughs> like it's just it, again it's like you're just reminded time and time again of that deep connection to nature and just it, the simplicity of I'm just going to block artificial light at night and then it just kind of pains me to think that you know obviously with the rise of cell phone use and allowing kids to be watching you know TV be on their computers be on their cell phones it's un unfortunately it's an all day thing as the rise of computers in schools you know with the the lore of let's, we're not going to use paper, um, but we'll use these electronic devices anyway. Um, but yeah, They're so if I'm <laughs> not at all, and uh, <laughs> the, the mining process, <laughs> poor kids, let's not talk, <laughs> let's not talk about those poor kids mining for those things, but whatever. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, um, no, like you just, mm -hmm. you, you think about that, that, that blue light, that artificial light, like right in their face at night, you know, not to mention the access to your thyroid and just all of the things that are kind of making this compounded effect of seeing, I would imagine the polycystic ovarian syndrome much sooner. Am, is, mm -hmm. am I thinking that's correct? Okay. Just so much more yeah. common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with people it, having it right, <clears throat> right in, as soon as they start getting their period, they're having these issues with it. And so there, there's some research coming out that's saying, wow, this is actually set while this child was in the womb. So it's manifesting Ooh. in puberty, but it was actually the whole process the, of the downward the spiral of their reproductive system not coming online in a healthy way um, happened while in the womb with the uh, genetic programming that happens there, which is uh, redox states. Um, maybe that's a little bit heavier science that we might not get into right now, but the redox states um, will change the, the DNA and the way that it's expressing yeah. And so in that very early pregnancy time when like at first, so at first in the womb, the baby is not exactly female or male in the way that it looks. Right. You can't tell up to a point. And then suddenly that system starts differentiating. And right at that time, that's when all of the genetic programming um, is happening there. So it, if the mom's circadian rhythm is unhealthy, then her... Then um, the, the, then her the reproductive hormones yeah. are not going to be in balance. And so that baby is getting programmed in that environment. That's not the way that it's, um, meant to be. If, if the mom were more connected with nature, um, through like grounding and non-native EMFs, which really upset right. the redox states with like unnaturally opening the calcium channels and sure. all of the things that it does to like the blood with the blood flow, not being proper. And I mean, it's, it's a really big mess and they're just kind of looking at it and yeah. a lot of it's coming from animal data so it's because it's really unethical to design studies with humans but, and right. so that's where this information you can look and find the research but when it comes to clinical practice most clinical practitioners are just waiting until the symptoms emerge and then assigning hormonal birth control or hormonal therapies so this mini puberty that's is a time not gonna do it <laughs> No, um, in mini puberty. So for boys, it's about the first six months of life. And for girls, it's the first two to three years of life. And they don't know why it takes longer for girls than boys to go through this, but they have puberty level sex hormones. Um, little baby boys, they have huge spikes. Um, and that's what is going to make their bodies grow faster than the girls at that time. Um, yeah. And so some folks who are looking at this research are starting to want to recommend hormonal testing for babies while they're going through the mini puberty in order to get ahead of the challenges that come out with puberty with like dysphoria, mistiming, yes. you know, infertility, like they're, you know, like sometimes boys, their 
their gonad, you know, there's always like, I remember mm-hmm. kids teasing each other about like, oh, who, who so-and-so's balls haven't dropped or that kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know, like everyone knew about that. And so now we're looking at that and they used to think, oh, that's just a developmental thing and we can just do a surgery and cor- correct it. But now they're looking at it and saying, oh, well, the surgery may correct the physiology, but it doesn't necessarily protect against the elevated risk of cancer or the elevated risk of being an infertile male. And this is related to the hormonal state that was in the womb. And so it's actually a sign of endocrine disruption, not a sign of like a physical problem, right? That the physical problem was preceded by these hormonal problems. By the, yeah. Yeah. So endocrine disruption is huge. There's the circadian aspect of it, which is a big deal. And I like to focus on because it's really actionable, but there's also the environmental things of like, if mom goes and like gets her hair dyed and her nails done and is using particular fragrances at just the wrong, because it's just, like I said, it's just a couple weeks of the gestation that are really going to set off um, each of these processes. And so if a mom gets a massive load of endocrine disrupting hormones, this is some of the newer theories and the research is like, is that what's driving this, um, you know, adverse genital development? And then also, does this then relate to behavior with it? You know, with all of the things going on with like the onset of gender and like the challenges that people are having with being inside of their bodies and the the discomfort around that, like, is that also related to these hormonal states that have been off in the womb and then in early life? And then in puberty is when the hormones really start to go crazy to give that final push, that final differentiation. And then a lot of kids are having trouble with that state. So we're looking at it and saying, you know, what's going on here? That's some amazing connections though. Like you can just really see how just the the beginning of, of that you know, those, the first eight to nine weeks of life, really, you, you just don't think how something so small could then turn into such a huge problem down the road. And mm-hmm. I speak like in literal terms and, and figurative, um, it, it's incredible to think that that just that little time period and the mom's health being so imperative. And so that's mm-hmm. definitely part of that discussion too. And like really taking care of yourself, you know, mm-hmm all the time. It's yeah. not just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and I, excuse me, I understand like those accidental pregnancies. I, I, I understand that. But at the same yeah. time, yeah, we, we can, we can do, we can do better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, because it is, it is scary. And like, I had even done some reading into, um, blood because I was talking to my son's endocrinologist and she was talking about how, um, insulin needs are definitely greater in, this pubescent time. And so I had done a little research into it actually starts a couple years before the onset of puberty when blood sugar issues start to kind of go a little crazy Mm -hmm. because of the greater need of insulin because of they're growing, you know, things are changing and they kind of need that extra insulin or that extra, um, the the growth factor to it. And I thought that was really interesting. And so it kind of really does start to make sense now that their diet before the onset of puberty and then through puberty really does matter too. So yeah, uh, just and sleep, the the way that they sleep is a huge factor too. And we know that the circadian rhythm shifts to being a later chronotype naturally, that when they start entering the puberty window, um, it's also natural for them to want to stay up later. Um, and sleep in later. And that's like a trend that we see among all children who are going through those phases of life. And so if their schedule um, isn't allowed to accommodate that, then um, it can have really drastic effects on their cortisol if they're being forced to wake up before they're ready to. Um, And we can try all we want to get them into bed. So like for my older daughter, we do... um, candlelight and she has her Mm -hmm. candle and she knows that if she's going if she you know if everyone else the children are going to bed earlier because they're usually ready pretty quickly after sunset um and for her she's like you know sometimes she'll be there and she's laying down she'll be like mama i can't fall asleep and be like okay come down light the candle and then she can do some quiet artwork and sit there and and it's by candlelight and so i know like melatonin can still be flowing it's still okay and then when she's ready she can go up to bed but if she were just to then 
you know, like I know a lot of children will then be getting up and doing like phones or devices, that kind of thing, um, or just, you know, all the overhead lights on, then that's really disruptive to the hormonal states. And so it makes sense that like weight gain um, around that time can really go off the charts for a lot of folks. And um, obesity and PCOS are also really tied. And you know that behind both of those is inflammation, which is a lack of melatonin and then a lack of sunshine. Yeah, so it all kind of swirls around to be a cascade of comorbidities. Like these things usually don't just manifest by themselves. Usually there's more than one problem together. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It it is like, it's like, it's like we're creating this perfect storm for them. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like you you see some kids and you're like, that's not how it should be. That's not it. I hate yeah. to say that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I work really hard to not make judgments on things, but you, it does come from a place of like, I feel really bad for you that you're, you're being set up to, to experience some things in your health that shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of do, we do kind of, I, I hate to say that we're running our own little experiment here, but it is really interesting that, uh, my my 15 year old and our soon to be 13 year old, she goes like she like she'll always say, I'm I'm not tired. Like, okay, we'll just go in your room. You know, we have like little like salt lamp type things. And uh and they all all the girls sleep in the same room. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the younger ones are asleep within like three seconds. But yeah. she'll read she stays up and reads and then next thing I know she's asleep. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> but like you like you're thinking too like if you think back like you know, just gosh, even 50 years ago, but if I'm thinking back ancestrally and stuff and you're thinking about even boys, like boys should be active all day long. Yeah. And the same for girls. Like my, like my, my, all of my girls are active all day long. I think they're, they should be running like something like six to 10 miles a day. You know, like if you put like a tracker on them, they would be busy all day. And so like, you just think about Okay, what are we doing? So from the moment they wake up, the lights are on. Um, they're going to sit somewhere and they're going to sit in a building all day with all the overhead lights on in a school building. And then when they get home, they're going to maybe have five minutes outside, no purposeful, purposeful real time out there. And then they're going to be rushed to an activity. And then we're going to go home and all the lights are still going to be on. And we're going to, you know, wash, rinse, repeat all the things. So mm-hmm. it's, I, it, it does make sense now. When, when you talk about all of the puberties and uh, I'm just glad I know that information now. So. Right. Yeah, me too. I, you know, I'm really happy to be able to facilitate this special environment for my children to be in yeah. a community of people who are also aware of it. And that's where like sharing information I think is so valuable and working to build communities around yourself physically, like, you know, building online communities is really helpful for the intellectual and even emotional yeah. stimulation, but for the physical reality of working together um, with people is just really important. So having, you know, if you can be a person who's going to coordinate a mom circle or, you know, some kind of thing or join one that already exists, like you said, um, you know, dealing with the local farms when you go out there yeah. and, you know, if you actually go and visit the farm and meet the farmers and develop those like physical, real connections yeah. with people who are living in a more um, circadian and quantum friendly way, then that's just so important to it, yeah. feeling it transfers. Yeah. yeah. It transfers into your food. You know, like I, I'm mm-hmm. a big component of food is, is literally love and light. Like that's like, I like to see yes. it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, your your kids get to see that because I, I remember you saying that you grew up this way, yeah. right? And then when you mm-hmm. went away to college is then crazy when all, all of your, yes. you know, the, the health yeah. issues start. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that your kids get to, to see that I'm probably different than most kids, you know, like, because yeah. they can see it. They know mm-hmm. that there, there's differences and uh, it's, it's. It's just like a complete circle, you know, like all of it is so connected. So, yeah. And there are some challenges to uh, the off-grid lifestyle with it too. Um, Like the more, um, the less reliant on the power grid you are, you have a benefit of a lower EMF load, uh, which as we talked about earlier, kind of, right, it it unnaturally opens the calcium channels, it causes blood to clot together in weird ways. There's just a lot of effects that we're still, you know, starting to see. 
um, especially for children, because their brains aren't fully um, myelinated. myelinated. They don't have all yeah. of the fat protection around their brain. So they're especially sensitive to hyperstimulation. Um, so when you, people, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm going to move off grid. Like we're just leaving it all behind. And then that can create its own set of challenges too, which people who are just living in the suburbs, like fantasizing about it might not realize that, you know, you have limited power. So then you're looking into energy efficient lighting, but the more energy efficient the lighting, the less infrared there is in the lighting. Yeah. And so the more it is like refined sugar in terms of its effect. Um, and yeah, just, you know, like we were talking about earlier, some of the different challenges of, you know, just like the dirt and the cleaning. And, you know, if you live off grid, you probably don't have a vacuum cleaner. So you're dealing with the sweeping reality, which is different than the vacuuming reality. And those are just little subtle things that people might not think about. Um, you know, like I, I have lived in a more off grid way. Um, at one point, we were even trying to hand wash our clothing. Oh my god. We gosh. got like a special like hand crank washing uh -huh. machine yeah. and um you know cuz this exists like in the off-grid technology, you know, and so I was like, okay, that's it. We're going to hand crank our <laughs> clothes. We're getting exercise oh and we're outside. We have a little um you know like deck with it covered. <laughs> and I tell you that was really really hard. <laughs> and so right now I'm like my washing machine has all these blue lights, so I'm like ordering the film to cover up the blue lights. I'm like, okay. I don't oh blue yeah. Lights. Yeah. However, Thank you, washing machine. I love you for washing the clothes for my four children. And then I'm not obligated to hand pump. Like maybe I'll still do that for some special occasions or in the summer. Yeah, um, there you go. You know what I mean? Like there's just, there's lots of things that can be romanticized about that. And I really, I get a kick out of following like homesteader blogs where they just show it looking so easy. Yeah. And I really and it's not. Yeah, I appreciate your um, podcast. I feel like I could share that here with your community because you have a very like realistic, like this is everyday life. This yeah. is the actual day to days. This isn't like a huge like glamour of how perfect it is. Um, this is the reality of what it's like day to day to see this information and say, okay, well, I'm going to move a little bit away from mainstream and see what transformation happens. Yeah, I I didn't know that you were like um like are you completely off grid? No, I no. Have spent time that way. Like when I was when I was a child in second grade, we spent a year right. completely off grid. Um, and then later on too, um, a little bit before my third child was born, we went there um to be completely off grid. So we had a mix of generator. And okay. generally just trying to not use any electricity at all. Um, and I know yeah. other people that are living that way too, that just have solar power um, and or a mix of solar and generator um, wow. out here because uh, this, this particular area in Oregon where I lived was, um, had a huge influx. This is what brought my family here actually was in the seventies, there was like a back to the land survivalist movement. Okay. Okay. So there's really large properties that are actually kind of run in still a communal fashion. We have multiple owners and people living out here. <laughs> I know that's I so cool. Yeah, no, that's and so cool. So I know a lot of people that are on this, you know, we have, you know, like, is your, you know, 40 acres, 100 acres, 160 acres, you know, how many families are living there? You know, how are you guys all sharing power? Like maybe... Sometimes there'll be multiple houses running off of one power box. So each person has like a breaker worth of power. And then how do you manage that? Do you use electric heat? That's going to reduce the amount of time you can run your washing machine. Like yeah. You're going to have to have a smaller refrigerator or, you know, like people are making those kinds of decisions um, around here and in the community that I'm in, which is maybe different from probably how a lot of folks live. I don't know. Like I said, I grew up here. I left for um, a time and then came back and uh, it's really interesting seeing the differences in lifestyle and, you know, that people are doing this kind of thing by choice. And right. a lot of them may not even know anything about circadian rhythms. And so they still um, are just, like I said, the off-grid folks and their low energy lighting systems. And I just feel for them because I can see, especially in the wintertime, this there's like a particular like wild eyed look that people get when they live in a northern climate and, and take a lot of artificial light at night. Uh, it's really because there's so much less infrared and most people don't have mm -hmm. the sauna or um, sweat lodge or whatever the ways that yeah. people who used to live here would do. And so especially if they're living in an off-grid way where maybe they have like, you know, a lower heating 
um, like ideal sleep temperature is around 60 degrees mm -hmm. or, you know, up mid sixties. Mm -hmm. um, whereas here, like people are definitely sleeping in environments that get down into the forties at night and they're just bundled up with blankets. And yeah. so, and then if they're taking in a lot of artificial light at night, these are, I don't know how interesting this is to anyone because for most, it is interesting. Like I think it, reality, but no, I think that would be a really great conversation for another podcast though, because that's really interesting. Like I have always heard about what is it? A warm body, cold head when yeah. going, mm -hmm. when going to bed, I just made a yeah. rhyme, um, yeah, but, it, uh, <laughs> but there's some truth to yeah. that, you know? Um, yeah. Like we mm -hmm. keep ours really, I think it's like 63 is exactly. And that's, are, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really no one complains. Mm -hmm. And I always keep like every, every room has a window cracked at night. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not like a huge opening, but it's, it's just enough to let fresh air in. I'm always, I like the smell of fresh air. So yeah, I me too. Yep. We keep it. <laughs> we keep our windows open at night too. Definitely. And being more in sync with the yeah. actual natural yeah. cycles. That's one of the like my publication is called Brighter Days, Darker Nights. And really it would be warmer, brighter days, cooler, darker nights. Yep, there you go. <laughs> because light and temperature are really part of the same spectrum. Uh, we think of them yeah. as being different things. We think, you know, and in, in, in modern homes, it is that way where the light switch is divorced from the thermostat, right? They're two different things, but in nature- It, it would not be, right. Yeah, it would that be would the be the, they would be the same dial when it when you turn up the light, also the warmth turns up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you can really feel it now here in winter is that it's, you know, as soon as the sun, because it can, you know, that that feeling, what is that word? It's a um, apricity is the feeling of the warmth, the sun's warmth in the summer. It's like an old oh, English word. It's beautiful. a really pretty word. Yeah. But yeah, like there is a feel, like there's a word for that. But man, as soon as that sun starts to, you know, go past solar noon, you're like, oh, it's getting cold in here, you know, cold outside. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's a, it's re like really paying attention to those feelings and, and and allowing yourself to truly experience a winter and to experience the summer. And, and the mm -hmm. weather is a big piece of all of that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And for the teens to be involved in that, too, yes. because they're going through this really huge hormonal transformation and that hormonal transformation is yoked to their circadian rhythm. Um, and so if their circadian rhythm is off through that time, and if they're not connected with that natural cycle, um, then it can really be devastating. So it's such an important time to have this awareness and um, you know, factor in with what their schedules are and what activities they're allowed to per to participate with. Like when I was a kid, my mom never let me play basketball, which I always was so upset about when I was, cause that was the wintertime sport. But yeah. now when I look at it and, you know, my, some of my friends have their kids in basketball and I'm like, no way, no way am I having my kids in a gym <laughs> after dark <laughs> doing this high intensity physical activity. Like, um, yeah. that just doesn't make sense with what I know about biology. It's not the right time of day. Like if, you know, if practice were in the middle of the day, then maybe we could consider that. Yeah. But having practice in the evening after school, when they're getting out at dark and you know, how many basketball injuries are so common, like the rolled ankles, the jammed fingers, yeah. like so many sprains around that. Um, and I just am thinking, you know, no way, like that activity is inherently uncircadian. And I know that in sure. the sports teams, which maybe this could be a sink for you, because I know your husband's involved with sports. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But they're starting to uh, factor in the circadian effects for teams that are traveling. Um, yes. Right. And they're starting to put in red light panels inside of the gyms for the healing factors I've seen there. That. Yeah. 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 It's and so interesting. It has to be, there's something to it. So like if I'm going, you know, from East coast to West coast, like that's, mm -hmm. and I'm expected to perform at my highest capabilities, but mm -hmm. I'm experiencing a circadian disruption. Like, yeah. Which that direction's I? actually better. Yeah. Um, it's hard well, for right. people going <laughs> yeah. East because yeah. then they're that's expected difficult. to be earlier. Um, right. Yeah. So their body is, is running behind. Uh, so it's, there's more of an advantage for going the other direction. So those are some of the things that sports teams are starting to look out and figure out how to negotiate and deal with, you know, we know about the home team advantage. Right. Right. And there's Absolutely. more to it there. You know, there are other aspects there. So yeah, yeah, sports is a huge place and, and they're open to the information because they want to have the optimal performance. 
And because that's one of the things that's really great. A no. lot of people come to this information because of illness and overcoming illness and challenges, which is a lot of what we've been talking about today. And in our first podcast where we were talking about newborn jaundice. Yeah. Um, however, there's a big aspect with what about trying to achieve the best? What about trying to achieve like superhuman status? Then yeah, because then, you know, like, if you're realistically looking at, you know, professional sports teams, the end line is always money. So if I can get, <laughs> I'm not, I, I accept that completely. Um, but <laughs> um, if, if the end line is money and my money is based on my performance and, you know, then of, of course, why would I not want to have this information and to have, a you know, these owners of these large companies to, to pursue that information. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah. So kind of going back to where we uh, started with the, the puberty, um, maybe wrapping up, would you be able to offer some great suggestions for, it would be moms and teens? Possibly. Yeah. Like yeah. what would moms. be some like non-negotiables maybe we'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. Some non-negotiables for healthy circadian and quantum biology around the puberty. Um, Yeah. Limiting endocrine disrupting chemicals is huge for these specific time frames. Um, so during pregnancy and the first several years of life are a really important time that if you can get away from endocrine disrupting chemicals, you can look up, um, sometimes it's abbreviated EDCs and just look, they're in so many products, it's really hard to get away from it altogether. But if you can identify what your biggest sources are and get those out, um, then that's a huge step. And then again, for your teen with their beauty care problem products um, are going to be oh, yeah. a big source of uh, of those chemicals in their lives if they're putting it directly on their skin. Um, skin's permeable. So number one, hey. non-negotiable for me. <laughs> hey, I was of the, um, you know, Bath and Body Works generation through puberty. So um... right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but so like I've been paying, I, I pay attention to you know our teen skin a lot, and I have really come to believe like the the most basic skincare, mm -hmm. the best. Like yes. it's like it's really just it's quite interesting. Like I'm yeah, I'm running yeah. little experiments all, every day. So <laughs> beautiful, yeah. I know we are. We can't help it because we want to do a little bit better than was done for us in a little bit different ways. Yeah. And of course, everything that was good, we want to carry that forward and exactly infuse the next yeah. generation with what good we've found. Yes. Absolutely. So, Same. Yeah. The endocrine disrupting chemicals are huge. And then um, when we look at circadian development, we're going to be looking um, at light and food as the primary uh, in trainers. So we're looking at seeing brighter days. You want to get out first thing in the morning. Um, even if you sleep in, still first thing, go outside um, and just spend a couple minutes out there feeling what the actual time of day is. There's no signal you can get inside of your home that's going to, to communicate with you the same way that being outside does. Um, and then um, meal timing. You want to time your food intake with the time of day because that also entrains your circadian rhythm through the gut. And is a, those are the two primary drivers of human circadian rhythms. So looking at that morning light and then getting your food in the day and then the nighttime um, to get that nice dim night, have your lights uh, low within an hour of sunset, then that will protect your nighttime hormones the uh, the sex hormones surge right after you wake up in the morning so that's where having the night to build up all of the hormones for that release and that release triggered by the morning light that's why no matter what time of day it is go outside first thing yeah go outside i know I that's know. how we how we're gonna wrap up like it's gonna be <laughs> go outside um absolutely and so the you know it's fairly simple and then spend as much time outside as you can because that infrared sunlight and especially if you can get some grounding shoes and spend some time in nature, then that will help balance your redox potential, which like I, you know, I kind of hinted at it a little bit. Redox potential is huge for the genetic programming that's happening during that time and all of the remodeling where, you know, forms are going from, you know, looking neutral, like, you know, can't tell if this is a boy or a girl. Okay. Now we're starting to be able to tell that this one's a boy and this one's a girl. Okay. Now we're really starting to tell, okay, now it's obvious this is a man and this is a woman. Those processes are all hormonally driven. So if 
someone if it's not happening right if there isn't a strong differentiation if you know things are kind of flatlining you know the boys not developing a beard his voice isn't dropping like sometimes there are like real like absolutes right? right like intersex right. is a reality that we yes. don't fully understand but a lot of times it just is a sign of hormonal disruption that if they were spending more time outside and less time on the screen then then their hormones would start to tip into those directions where they're going, you know, boys going this way and girls going this way. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the circadian rhythm, so powerful. Time outside, so powerful. Cool, dark nights, so powerful. Daytime eating, not snacking after dark, so powerful. It is. These are all things that, uh, you know, have nothing to do with like birth control pills and fixing the hormones from the outside. Yeah. Um, Because that's doable. Yeah, that's the medical answer at this right. point is to say like, okay, well, we need drugs. And if drugs don't work, we need surgery. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? Oh. Like, it's like, I know, you're like, what? what? Wait, what? How that, that escalated quickly. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I, when I was, studying, I've always wanted to help mamas and babies. And, you know, I've really, you know, I, I just love babies and just really grok their energy. And I feel like I know what babies need. When I meet a baby, if it's fussy, I'm like, I just know, like, I've always been that way. Even when I was a kid, I was like, I just, I get this stage of life and, um, you know, I want it to be good and cozy for them. And it's, uh, this is just one of those ways that I think could be talked about a lot more that we don't need to rush to surgery. Um, so like when I was studying in school, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll become an OB. And I really started down that direction. I was in all the pre-med classes and I was, wait, this ends in do- doing C-sections and hysterectomies. Mm-hmm. It uh, does. Like, that's, that doesn't make things better for the baby. Like, sure, as ultimate last end, you know, results, like, I really do value yeah. the profession. I do value those skills. That is amazing that a woman could be having so much, you know, trouble in her, you know, uterus that it's going to kill her if we could yeah. then take all of that out. But what if we could get in front of that earlier on? Yeah. And not, you know, have that be just like such a quick thing because it's really, you know, the challenges with that too um, are, you know, kind of outside of my scope of practice, but the hysterectomy um, reality and how devastating that is on their hormones for the rest of their life after that is really a big deal. So cancer, as we know, is hugely tied to the circadian rhythm again. So all of this, like if a, um, and that's, this, I'm going to be one more little thing I'm going to put in here. I know we're yeah. almost done, but that when you start to, if you start to notice a problem like this in your child, that is an opportunity to correct course. It's not, it's not a negative judgment on you. It's, you know, it's a challenge that you have to face and the way that you handle that could potentially, um, you know, prevent, you know, a, really a severe. Lifetime com- of, yeah, yeah exactly. A lifetime of sickness could be prevented by you being aware, noticing something's happening, and then, you know, making some subtle changes to your diet, to your lifestyle. Yeah. So absolutely. It's, yeah. It's there's a, no it's a gift. Yeah. A- absolutely. It's a gift you can notice. Yeah. Symptoms are just your body's way of talking. And it's mm-hmm. like clear. Well, I now know this information. So let's apply it, you know? So yes. absolutely. Uh, great information as always, Nico. Uh, can you tell everybody where to find you and what you have coming up? Because I know you have some exciting things. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, you can find me at nicokennedy.com or at my website, brighterdaysdarkernights.com. And I'm also on Instagram as Brighter Days Darker Nights. And um, yeah, I work one on one with folks uh, locally and virtually. So I can do consults. Um, I'm not a medical professional. None of this is medical advice, but I have a huge wealth of resources that I can share. And I also have different educational offerings. So um, my website, Brighter Days, Darker Nights, is a newsletter and I publish about once a week with information related to this. I have a couple of courses inside of there that you also can access if you become a paid subscriber. And I am now launching a practitioner level course if you really want to get into the science and start applying this to your own practice. Um, Anyone that's helping, you know, mamas and babies. um, So lactation consultants, um, doulas, doctors, we have some really amazing folks joining up. We have nutritionists, we have some osteopathic medicine practitioners, we have um, some chiropractors coming in, like all kinds of people can benefit from this knowledge and understanding the ins and outs of how 
um, sunshine, darkness, grounding, meal timing, um, redox potential, hormones, melatonin, how all of this can um, support your clients. So th that's what I have going on right now. And so nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a few things. No, <laughs> just a few things. Yeah. So, you know, come on in. Um, yeah. Book a consult. I'm happy to do a free consult. If you're like, I'm not sure which of those things I should <laughs> do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, then that's great too. I'm happy to chat with people and uh, yeah, kind of figure out where they're at and and how we can uh, how we can advance you forward in this learning because it is so so powerful. This information, like I said, the testimonials that I get um, just blow me away and and really drive my desire to continue sharing this information okay. because it can seem like oh, this is obvious. Everyone knows that. Um, but it's not always the case. And even if we know it, that's not the same as having someone actually walking yeah. with you saying, yep, how's it going with that? And, you right. know, are, how's, you know, what happened after you made this change? And, you know, is there another little thing you could tweak to, to get even better results or, you know, it's, it's just nice to have community around it. Well, you're doing amazing work. So keep it up. And thank you so much for sharing all of this information. And I know it'll be used. And like I end all shows, just go outside.